Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. All right, everyone, welcome back into another FizzCast. Jaron May here with Harrison Singer this time, and we are breaking down our SU Top 100 that the Orange Fizz is releasing over the next couple of weeks to get you going for SU Sports happening just starting September. The ACC came out yesterday with that um, news, and now we are leading you up to that with all of the some of the best players in SU history in the past on this Fizz uh, cast, we're going to be talking about numbers 70 to 61. That's the group that we will be breaking down. We'll be telling you who these players are, why they deserve to be on the list, and debating if they should be higher, lower, or if their uh, ranking is just right. So, Harrison, let's start with number 70, let's and it's it. a familiar name, Michael Carter Williams. He was at Syracuse in 2011, so uh, a pretty recent guy, obviously a men's basketball player. He averaged 12 points per game, 7 rebounds per game, 5 assists per game, and the, the, the kicker really for me is three steals per game. Coming in at number 70, Michael Carter-Williams, what are your opinions? Is that a good uh, ranking for him? Should he be any higher, any lower? Uh, I definitely think that he earned a spot on this list. Uh, I would say, you know, 70 is, you know, 70 is probably a fair spot given that it's not, you know, in that top half, but you know, for a guy that came in, played multiple years before heading to the NBA, and like you said, three steals a game, you know, I think it's always worth recognizing Michael Carter-Williams for a guy that just fit perfectly in that zone, you know, with the length that he brought and you know, his presence on defense. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he did fit the Syracuse system very, very well. I mean, when you think about a prototypical Syracuse guard that you want that length at the top of the 2-3, you think of Michael Carter-Williams. He was outstanding on the defensive end. He earned Big East Most Improved Player when he was there. Absolutely. He was all-region honors, um, was a part of the all-Big East team. So, and, and he helped his team make a Final Four. Absolutely. Like that, that absolutely goes into um, his resume for this SU Top 100. I think 70 is a pretty good spot. I'm going to agree with you. I've had some issues with some of our rankings so far and for our <laughs> listeners um, each of the Fizz staff members filled out our own kind of ranking, 1 to 100, and then we put it all together and averaged it out. So that's why sometimes we have some issues with these. I think Michael Carter-Williams at 70 is a perfect spot for him. Um, so I think that's all we really need to say, but let's move on. Who do we have at 69? At number 69, we have a current Syracuse star, uh, safety on the gridiron, Andre Sisco. He's only played two seasons for the Orange thus far, but... I mean, safe to say those two seasons have been dandies of seasons. I mean, he's led the ACC in picks in both of those years. He led. He was tied for the NCAA, the, the FBS lead in interceptions with seven as a freshman, as a true yeah, freshman, crazy. which is just crazy. it's unbelievable. He's he's. I think he was the first All American true freshman as well in in program history and. I mean, you look at the numbers, they speak clearly, they speak for themselves. And, you know, coming in as a three star recruit as well, it's just, it's just what he's been able to do in, the, in, in, in that secondary. It's been, it's, yeah, it's been unbelievable. 
he's he's a freak and pro football focus tweeted out and i know you put this in your article on orangefizz.net if you want to go check that out but pro football focus (laughs) pro football focus put a tweet out andre cisco leads all active safeties for combined interceptions and pass breakups with 20 and it's not even close either i mean he's standing well above the pack the rest of the guy the rest of the the, those names are all within two maybe three you know within each other he's like what was it five or seven something you know easily at first place you know above the pack which is yeah and I think some people will say, well, this is recency bias. Like he's only played for Syracuse for two years. It doesn't matter that he's only played for Syracuse for two years and he's still an active player. He deserves to be on this top 10 or this top 100 list because once he leaves, you're going to have that conversation. He deserves to be in the top 100. So why can't mm-hmm. we say that he deserves to be on it now um, while he's still playing? Because he's already earned it. Plus he has another year to, to try to stack up some more stats and help him out. And I know that we had Tony Pauline on a Fizz Radio episode a couple weeks ago. You can go check that out uh, on our SoundCloud by searching Orange Fizz. Tony Pauline is an NFL scout, and he says that he has Andre Sisco going in the third round. I appreciate Tony for coming on our po- on our radio show, but I think that's f- like absolutely a, a horrible rating <laughs> for him. He is a foregone conclusion for the first round and if not it should be the first or second pick of the second round if Andre Sisco drops to the third round these NFL teams I don't know what they're looking at because he is an absolute stud I think 69 is a good spot for him because he is amazing and I think after one more year he'll deserve to be even higher on the list but with only two years 69 is a good spot because he does deserve right. to be on the list. If he, But if you put him over some of the other SU greats, then you would have to have that conversation. Yeah. But 69 is good for me. I mean, I mean you know, at those two years, definitely. I mean, you, you don't get on the list at all, you know, in just two seasons of playing, you know, it, in any sport. So the, he obviously, what he's done these first two years has been tremendous. You got to hope that we do get another year out of him. You know, on the hill because there's a lot of uncertainty going in to the football season this year, rightfully so, with with you know the COVID nineteen pandemic going on. But yeah, I, I would also agree that sixty nine is a good spot for him. And 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 to your point about the NFL draft, I mean, I think going in the third round, I, he's definitely a top two consensus for sure. Top two safety uh, as far as draft prospects go, arguably the best safety in 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 the country. But the safety position just seems to be kind of like the running back position on offense. Maybe not as bad, but but it's just not a position that seems to be prioritized over you know pass rushers, over linebackers, yeah. over even corners. And you know I feel like that would definitely be a byproduct of of pushing him down a little bit. Not you know because he's not, not worthy talent wise of you know, going earlier. But yeah. you know, time will tell. That's a good point. And we digress. Let's get back to the SU Top 100 coming in at 68. One of the best shooters in Syracuse men's basketball history. No, Mm. it's not Jerry McNamara. He's probably going to be on this list a little later, but I don't want to spoil that. (laughs) It's Andy Rowdens coming Mm. in at 68. Andy Rowden's second all-time in SU three-pointers made. He was a big part to that six-overtime winner um, against UConn. And he was a AP All-American honorable mention, All-Big East second team. He was a fantastic player. 68, though, I think is a little high for him. A great shooter, but doesn't really have too much else after that. I, I, I mean, 
he doesn't really have a mm. great postseason resume. He doesn't his stats don't really stack up with the rest other than his three point shooting. I don't think he deserves to be in front of some of the other men's basketball players that we've had and some of the other sports that we've had here on the SU Top 100. Absolutely. I mean, look, he, there's definitely a spot for him on the list. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dispute that. But you know, does he? I guess, I guess, the, I pose the question: Does he belong over even you know Michael Carter, Michael Carter Williams, no. who we just talked no. about at 70? So, and I would agree with that. So. I mean, it's good that, you know, he love was shown to him, you know, making the, the, the t- complete, holistic top 100 list. But like you said, I mean, Michael Carter-Williams at 70 right behind him, that was a guy who brought multiple facets, of you know, to the court with him, you know, as far as just, you know, I guess in baseball you'd call him tools. But, you know, he just did multiple things. Andy Rounds won, you know, kind of a one-trick pony, but... I remember when Andy Rounds too was on the Knicks, and and I and I would uh you know, I went to a few games with the Garden. One game that I think they're playing the Jazz, and they were absolutely annihilating the Jazz. And this is when the Knicks actually were able to score over 100 <laughs> points in a game. But everyone was cheering for him because you know you got a lot of Syracuse Nick. You know got that strong connection. So a lot of you know Syracuse fans were in the crowd, and they had they had uh, picked him up in the off season, and everyone was screaming for him to get in, and he came in and he knocked down a three. Shocking, but um. Yeah, that's kind of just, you know, my fondest post-college, at least, memory of Andy Rounds. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, good shooter. I mean, Rowden's kind of gives me the vibe of, like, Buddy Beheim. Like, Mm. he's a great shooter. um, And let's – I'm kind of doing this just to bring it uh, current. He's a great shooter. But is Buddy Beheim, after he's said and done with his SU career, are we really going to put him on the SU top 100 list? Even if he ranks in the, like – the top five of three point uh, made in his entire career. That's great. But Buddy Beheim is not a top 100 talent with all of the amazing athletes that have gone through SU. Andy Rounins mm. was a great shooter, but he's not a top 100 talent. So, or I mean, right. okay, if you want to say he's a top 100, sure, but put him in the 90s. Don't put him at 68. So I had him way down my list when I filled out my rankings. I think 68 is way too high. And Gil Gross and I were actually talking about this on the last Fizz cast that you could find on SoundCloud by searching Orange Fizz. Um, there's always... I, in the grouping of 10 on these fizz casts, I always find one really, really, really bad ranking. I mean, in <laughs> the nineties, it was Louis Orr at 98 in the eighties. It was Wesley Johnson at 89 in the seventies. It was Tiana Manakahia at 71. And now in the sixties is Andy Rounins at 68. I think he deserves to be way, way lower on this list. Um, but that's no, just I, I, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely feel that. I mean, and, but that Buddy Beheim comparison is interesting because well, again, you know, we'll see with him where you know that, that he, presumably he's going to be a four-year player. So that w- maybe you know because he really obviously put started putting things together in the second half or towards the end of the year last year and another strong season this year and you know playing four years will help with that. But it's like I feel I'd group those two guys, him and Rowden's in with, you know, like a Trevor Cooney, who I would say belongs on this list, but is a fringe, you know, a fringe um, guy to have. So, I mean, you know, it's all like Syracuse has had good three-point shooters. Um, That's that's not been a secret. Uh, But when you talk about other guys that are going to be on this list from years prior, from decades prior – it does pose the question, and where where does a guy like Buddy Beheim, but obviously in this case Andy Rowden, stack up? And it's it's probably not as favorably, but you know, deserving to at least make mention of nonetheless. Yeah. 
All right, number 67, who do we got? 67, we have former SU quarterback Ryan Nassib. And, I mean, he was lettered like an alphabet. He, he was at Syracuse for four years, played until his senior year, was, I believe, a distinguished academic um, AC, or Yeah, this was before the uh, transition to the ACC. So, Big East honorable, mm-hmm. honor, honor roll um, standout. So... I mean, another one of those fan favorites and 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 whatnot. But um, I believe he did get a shot at the next level as well. Um, he did. Yeah, with the Giants. So he was a fourth round draft pick, um, and he had some you know definitely some notable seasons. He threw for over thirty seven hundred yards in two thousand twelve as a senior. Um, and I, I if I remember correctly, he was kind of right before the Terrell Hunt era of, of for Syracuse football. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So I, I think Nassib, and he also, to help his resume, he also has two bowl wins. So that definitely helps. Definitely. Um, he's, pinstripe was, was one of them yeah. or both. Yep, yeah. it was pinstripe. Um, actually, both of them were pinstripe. Yeah. The win over Kansas State and the win over West Virginia. Um, yeah. Geno so, Smith. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Uh, so he has those. And then he also, when you look at the SU record book, he's either first in the category, second in the category, or third in the category. And the only two people that would ever be above him is Eric Dungy, a four-year starter, and Donovan McNabb, who is the best SU quarter. I think we can agree with that. The the best. SU I mean, either him or him or McPherson time. too. I would I would definitely be sure. remiss to not throw him in there as well. Um, sure. But yeah, I mean, just because of the glory years of Syracuse football, I mean. And the career that he had at Syracuse, you know, I think McNabb, what gives him an advantage among the masses is that NFL career he went on to have and that he was a first-round pick. But, I mean, there have definitely been a lot of standout names to, to come through the ranks, and I, I definitely think Eric Dungy, you know, was is goes above Nassib on this list for sure. And hopefully, I mean, we'll we'll see that in due time. But Ryan Nassib coming in at 67, I think that's a good spot for him. Let's mm-hmm. move on to 66, Tyler Ennis. Mm. Uh, the probably second best one and done in SU men's basketball career, at least in my opinion. You have to put Mello number one on that list, obviously. But then when you look at Tyler Ennis's, what he did his uh, his one year at Syracuse in 2013 to 2014, and all the accolades that Ennis racked up. I mean, if you go out to the article on orangefizz.net, you can just see a bulleted list of everything that he did, and it's amazing. He was a finalist for so many awards, an all-ACC defensive team, all-ACC freshman team, mm. all-ACC second team, a USA All-American second team, all-American fourth team for college sports madness. Like I could just keep going down the list. He was outstanding in that one year. Now, the thing that you have to take into account when you think about his ranking specifically, and Gil, uh, Gil Gross had an opinion on this. I don't share that same opinion. He says that one year, one great year stacks up with a four pretty good season. So Tyler Ennis should not be uh, should not be knocked down the list because he only played one year with the with the Orange. Um, he should be up there just because how great his season was comparatively to let's say someone else who played for four years. I mm-hmm. think if you turn in four pretty darn good years, you deserve to be higher on the list than someone with just one amazing year so Tyler Ennis at 66 he deserves to be on the list 
Should he be bumped down maybe five spots? Sure. I think that's splitting hairs. Um, but yeah, like he deserved to be on this list. 66 is an okay spot for him. Yeah, I would definitely say that you can walk away happy, you know, at 66 for, for Tyler Ennis because, and, and to the point of, you know, that one great season versus four, I mean, you make a list like this, you know, an SU top 100 list, you're, you're looking at 100 athletes that in their time at Syracuse, what they were able to do or, you know, how, how just like the best, you know, for the Orange, you know, as far as their contributions on the court, on the field, you know, in, in their time at, on campus. And, I mean, I feel like just naturally, you know, having four years or just multiple years will give an athlete more chances to, yeah. you know, cement that legacy. So Tyler Ennis, that, that you know, with that being said, that technically would have been a disservice to Tyler Ennis, you know, as far as this particular list, not, you know, ranking talents or, you know, as far as, you know, come through the ranks and whatnot. But, you know, he was kind of an anomaly in the sense of he obviously came to Syracuse in an era of, you know, their, you know a popular trend of one and dones. But he came as a four-star recruit, I believe, and was really just thrusted into an, a unique opportunity for for like you know Frank How- uh, sorry not Frank Howard um we we kind of almost thought it'd be a similar situation with Jalen Carey who came in as a mm-hmm. freshman a few years ago and didn't necessarily get the same quite a, same kind of you know opportunity level to to you know the amount of opportunity to, Im- to impact um you know Tyler Ennis was thrown right into the fire as the team's starting point guard and answered the call cr- completely tremendous like I remember when he came in as a freshman and, and the things he was doing, you know, hitting half court shots too, worth mentioning, you know, against to, to, to beat our rival pit when that rival, when that rivalry was at its, you know, at its peak over at least in recent memory, you know, he, he came in and really answered the call in a way that I don't even think was, you know, yeah, Syracuse fans probably expected him to be great or you know, very good, but I mean, he was tremendous, and I feel like it's not a regular thing where, you know, like you see at these Blue Bloods where guys come in to Syracuse and they're just, you know, they come in one year anymore and they're, and, and they're out. He he did that because his draft stock was hot. He came in, he got the opportunity as a freshman at Syracuse, and he really, really played up to, up to par, worthy of, you know, dipping for the NBA. And I definitely think, you know, that alone, that one year, does warrant a place on this list for sure. 66, pretty decent spot. Yeah, Tyler Ennis at 66. Who's at 65? 65, Michael Springer, a lacrosse star uh, in his time at Syracuse. He played from 2000 to 2003, four years, and a four-time All-American. He, uh, I mean, he, he he had quite a career, that's, that's for sure. He was a team captain um, in 2003, second-team All-American that year. Um, I mean, Syracuse lacrosse program among the, among you know the other among really any other program in history stands in a league of its own. You know, maybe with one two other names ever, but I mean, they have, the amount of guys that they've had come through the ranks and Michael Springer just continuing to uphold you know that tradition program standard. No doubt yeah. about that. Yeah, so Springer, four-time All-American, two-time national champion, and that mm-hmm. kind of really helps him in two thousand. 2000 and 2002 um, were his national championships. Uh, he ranks fourth in SU points and third in SU goals. So he was one of the best just pure scorers that Syracuse men's lacrosse has seen. And like you said, there have, there's a very talented 
uh, group of guys that have gone through that program because they have the history, they have the lineage, they have the championships, and to be able to rank third in all of those talented players, that obviously means that you're a special talent. Michael Springer at 65, a good spot for him. He could have been bumped up uh, in front of a couple other uh, men's lacrosse players that we'll see later de- later on this list. Um, but I think the whole thing with him is he was kind of single faceted. He couldn't really pass the ball. Uh, I mean, he could, but he, uh, he. I mean, he was just such a great scorer that he didn't need to. Um, so when you look at all right, a guy that has so many goals and not too many assists compared to a guy that's pretty even, can do both things, and his total points are pretty comparative to Springer. You're going to put that guy above Springer. So as great as he was, 65, I think, is a good ranking for him. Right. Um, so I think we're both in agreement there. So let's just maybe keep going down the list. Uh, sure. Coming in at 64, a women's basketball star. One of actually not one of. Let me let me let me actually put this into like a serious sentence. Kayla Alexander is number 64. She is the best. And when I say the best, I say the best uh, f- forward slash center in Syracuse women's basketball history. Hands down, bar none, if there are any other women's basketball centers above her on this list, I'm going to have a big problem. <laughs> I think 64 is a fine ranking for her because there are just so many other amazing athletes that we're going to see um, later on on the SU Top 100 by the Orange Fizz. But she is, and I will not listen to any other arguments, she is the best center in program history. I definitely can can take that, and she parlayed that right into you know great great shot eighth overall pick I think um, in the WNBA draft in 2013, and look I mean especially as of late since I guess since her days there too as well that the standard of the Orange women's program has been you know a precedent now established really worth recognizing. And, um, you know, that doesn't get to where it is now. It doesn't get to where it's been without players, um, you know, just like Kayla Alexander. And I would definitely take that take as far as, you know, um, you know, the three, the four, even the five position goes uh, on the court for, for women's ball, for the late, for the Lady Orange. She's definitely up there and, and, and definitely worth, uh, you know, atop that list of consideration. Um she also was, I believe, when she left, the all-time leader in points for 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 yep. Syracuse women's basketball. So points, blocks, blocks field yep. goals, fe- mm-hmm. uh, free throws made, free throws. Yeah, and she had her free throws. Yeah, like absolutely a tear down in the paint for Syracuse women's basketball. Um, I I don't know if I'm being a little partial um, here for the SU women's basketball players, but. She was outstanding, and I think we need to put a little more weight on how good some of these women's basketball players were because just because they're not as big of names as the men's basketball players that they don't have as many, they don't draw as many fans as the men's basketball players. They are just as talented as, as some of these guys that have gone through the men's basketball program. And Kayla Alexander is atop the women's program. Uh, There's only a handful of other names that are better than her. And coming coming in at sixty four is a is a fine ranking for her. If she was even farther up this list, I would have been completely fine with that as well. 
as well. Um, One thing too yeah. that I found it, find interesting between the guys and the girls is the amount of Canadian players that have came through the ranks and done, you know, and left a tremendous impact on the court for Syracuse has been, you know, pretty cool to see. And being that their you know, the campus isn't too far from you know, the, the the Canada border, they've got, I guess recruited well, and 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 it's shown you know on both both male and female aspects of of the program. Yeah. Uh, moving now in 63, who do we have? 63, we have <clears throat> Brad Cotts, another very distinguished lacrosse player. Um, and I guess, you know, coming in at 63, it's tough, you know, f- like I, I couldn't help but you know, immediately compare Cotts with uh, Michael Springer, who came in at 65 in my mind. And, and I got to ask you, you know, where, where do you kind of stand in, in that, you know, dilemma yeah so and we're gonna see after cuts there's gonna be another men's lacrosse player that we'll touch on um but they are all very similar and that's that's the difficult part of ranking all of these uh these men's lacrosse players because it's kind of just splitting hairs like if you score over 200 points in your in your lacrosse career you're pretty freaking good. Like, yeah. and you can compare one guy that had uh, 214 points and another guy that had 224 points. At that point, it's pretty much the same. Like, you can you could put Springer above Cots, you could put Cots above Springer, you could put whoever in front of whoever, and you can make an argument for either one. And that's why this SU Top 100 list is so difficult to, to put together. Um, and it's so interesting to look at, but I think Kotz gets the nod above Springer because although he wasn't a two-time national champion, he was a one-time national champion back in the 19, uh, in 1983. He made another national champion ch- championship, but in that national championship that he won, uh, Syracuse beat Johns Hopkins. He had five goals all in the second half to complete a comeback. So he was a integral part to actually getting that uh, that that um, title. He was named the NCAA tournament MVP in 1983. He was the player of the year in 1983. He's a member of the Lacrosse Hall of Fame. He was a four-time All-American. Like, he was outstanding. Also, you know? I mean, for what it's worth, All, too, West Genesee alum, you know, from, from Camillus. Right. So he's a right. local so, product. Yeah, so he's a Syracuse guy. Uh, I mean, although he doesn't, he's not as high as Springer on the goals list, it's, again, it's splitting hairs. He's 16th in SU, uh, SU scoring for points with 205, and then Springer uh has let me let me see Springer has 229 so Hmm. 24 more points like okay it seems like a lot but in the grand scheme of thing things you're kind of splitting hairs here Hmm. they're both amazing players Hmm. I think Cots at um at 63 is is a good ranking for him Mm -hmm. I I definitely think you know it's it's that's why 63 65 yeah definitely belong in the same range and and as, as shown as such well, let's uh, let's make it even more difficult. Yes, another let's do that. <laughs> another men's lacrosse player at sixty-two, Tim Nelson, and Nelson again is in that top list for SU scoring fifth, um, in scoring with two hundred seventy-one points. 
84 goals. Now, here's the kicker, and this is why I think he deserves to be in front of all of uh, both Springer and Cots, and I also think he deserves to be higher on this list. He has 187 assists, first in total career assists in SU history and program history, and he's leading that, that list by 29. The guy in second place, he is he has them by 29 assists. He was a three-time national attackman of the year, so not just an All-American. He was one of the best, or sorry, he was the best attackman for three straight years. Also in those three years, he was an All-American, and he ranks fourth all-time in Division One for total points. Mm. Plus, he's a national champion in that 1983 team with Cots. So he was setting up Cots. He was also scoring, and he was he was even better than Brad Cots, even though Brad Cots was the main goal scorer in that national championship game. So, like, it's it's amazing what Nelson did. I, I, I would also put him slightly higher on this list. I would, I would say that, and I don't mean to... This is nothing against, you know, either or neither uh, Cots or Springer, but I would, you know, kind of set Tim Nelson apart from the pack a little bit there. And, you know, again, you know, I hate to bring up that hometown element again, but call me biased. I mean, Yorktown High School product, that's, you know, kind of near, that's right, really right near my neck of the woods. And, um, I mean, yeah, he, 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 his playing time kind of dates back a little earlier. He was, you know, dominating Syracuse, you know, at Syracuse in, uh, in the 80s. But, I mean, just you, 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 then you think about it, it's really a guy who's responsible for, you know, I guess what a lot of people would call an OG in a sense, you know, just a guy responsible for what, a lot of what followed. And this, when you think about what followed at Syracuse too, I mean, the, the dominance among, among decades throughout decades. I mean, he usher, helped usher in all of that. Um, so I, I, I just think that it's worth attributing a lot of that, you know, to him yeah. and, and guys that yeah. were with him. Yeah. I mean, it's, if you can, if you can get almost 200 assists in your career, like it's difficult to get 200 points period. Mm, you're like, a team to, player. To hit the 200 point mark sets you up in the top, like 20 players of all time. Uh, only 17 players have hit that mark. And if you can get that with almost purely assists, absolutely crazy. Uh, Tim Nelson should have been much higher on this list, at least in my opinion. But let's move on. 61, let's round out this Fizz cast. Jaron May and uh, Harrison Singer here. Harrison, who do we have at 61? We have a another very, very, very distinguished female athlete in Alexis Peterson, star Syracuse guard from Columbus, Ohio. And she was also a uh, a four four letter player from, you know, freshman to senior year and she was also an all-American in her time at Syracuse. Um, you're going to have to fact check me here if she was on the Syracuse Ladies Final Four team. She was. Yeah. She was so, in 2016. Right. So yeah. I mean, spearheaded that you know their their journey to the the final four. She um, also, I mean, she she scored twenty a, a, a career high, um, and at least a season high. I'm not sure if it's a career, but 29 points in that elite eight game to be able to make mm-hmm. it to the final four. Right. And then help her team get to the national championship game. Obviously, they lost that one, but she made all uh, tournament team in 2016 to help her team and like you said i mean an absolute fantastic talent 
um, ranks at the top of pretty much every important statistical category. Mm-hmm. Second in program history for points too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and first, first in a, first in assists, and an assist, second yeah. in points per game. So like she did everything that a guard could do. Obviously, she's not up there for rebounds, but she's also third in SU steals, fourth in SU three point percentage. So she could pass the ball, she could shoot the ball, she could uh, get in the passing lanes on the defensive end. She was an mm-hmm. All American, uh, a fine um, two time finalist for point guard of the year nationally. Um, Peterson, I think, is also too low on this list. Agreed. If, uh, when I when I filled this out, I think I had her in the 40s. Um, I'm not specifically sure what number, but I think she deserves to be a little higher because she is probably the best women's basketball player, and I can name one other name that's probably going to come up later. Um, yeah, on this I think list. we're thinking the same person. Yeah, but Peterson, I mean, you can make an argument that she is the best women's basketball player in program history, uh, and for her only being at 61 is fascinating to me. I think that is right. a is a very bad ranking for her. Yeah, it's a little tough. Um, yeah, I, I you really said it best there. I definitely think that high ranking would have been warranted here, especially with, I mean, I look at, you know, some of the, uh, the names that definitely beats out a lot of these names that, that we've already dropped, you know, from in the top 100 list. And, you know, I'm not going to say anything about what's to come No, obviously, but, um, you know, she, she, she definitely could have gone higher. No, no knock on, you know, those ahead of her, but, um, definitely, definitely, definitely one of the just, you know, in any sport, any, any, any court, any field, one of the best athletes to walk through, you know, any Syracuse University athletics program. It should also be mentioned that Alexis Peterson did all of this while being like five, six or something yeah. like that. A very short player, but uh, lived up and lived or played much bigger than she was. But that's going to wrap it up for this FizzCast. Let's run through 70 to 61 one more time for you. Coming in at 70, Michael Carter-Williams, Andre Sisco at 69, Andy Rowden, 68, 67 goes to Ryan Nassib, 66, Tyler Rennis, and then we hit some men's lacrosse players. Michael Springer coming in at 65. Take a little break from men's lacrosse. Kayla Alexander at 64. Back to men's lacrosse. Brad Cott, 63. 62 goes to Tim Nelson. And then back over to some women's basketball. Alexis Peterson wrapping up this FizzCast at 61. But boy, do we have a lot more content coming for you here at Orange Fizz. Uh, go out to our website, orangefizz.net. Follow us on on Twitter, at orangefizz. Find us on SoundCloud by searching orangefizz. It's all pretty easy. Go out and find all of our content, and especially for the next couple weeks as we release the remaining parts of our SU Top 100 list. But first off, thank you all so much for tuning in. Second off, we're going to log off here for this FizzCast. Jaron May and Harrison Singer saying goodbye. We'll see you next time.